Well, welcome back, everybody, once again to Sex and Couples Therapy with the Happy Ending Therapist. I am your sex-positive sex therapist, Donna Harris-Richards, L-I-C-S-W-C-S-T, that's Certified Sex Therapist, and I'm here with my wonderful producer, Vicki, today. How are you, Vicki? Doing wonderfully. Oh, good. Good, good. So, Vicki, I just want to state my mission here. Um... You know, my mission is to help individuals, couples, and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health and wellness. We go for annual mammograms, gynecological exams, and prostate exams for physical sexual health. I think we owe it to ourselves to check up on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal health and wellness. What do you think? I agree. Oh, good. <laughs> Yay. So um, I want to know how you're doing and I'm going to tell you how I'm doing, but I just want folks to know this is part two of our podcast on couples in COVID-19, normalizing new problems and creating success. So uh, we'll be getting into that in in just a minute or so. Um, What's happening for you, my girl? We're approaching spring. We're, you know, a year or more into COVID now. How, How are you coping? How are you doing? I think if I bring one more plant into my house, um, I might get in trouble. <laughs> but, other, but other than that, I am doing really well. I'm really happy the weather is starting to break and, you know, just en- enjoying being able to go back outside. So does the fiance spouse to be uh, feel overwhelmed by the plants? Not yet. <laughs> mainly because I'm keeping them in two rooms. I think once I start to bring them uh, my next place uh, placement for a plant um, mm. is going to be in our, in our bedroom. <laughs> and I want a rather large plant for our bedroom. And I, I don't know if he agrees with that. <laughs> well, you'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 You'll run it by him for sure. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's key. Yeah. That's key in COVID. Absolutely. And how are you doing? Running stuff by the partner. Um, I'm doing good. I'm running stuff by the partner. Uh, You know, we talk a lot, but we also do a lot. Um, You know, we talked about in the last podcast, this idea of, you know, using your imagination and being creative and having fun, hopefully. Uh, Yeah, we're doing a lot of that. We, you know, my my husband uh, was a musician well he is a musician and you know we play together and all that but you know there've been no gigs for a year like for mm-hmm. so many people out there restaurant workers um you know musicians actors you know my friends on broadway who are no longer working um mm. it's it's been really tough on people so uh you know we have to find ways forward we have to adapt and hopefully we connect and have fun and um, use our imaginations. Um, and you know, we've been doing that. We've been trying to figure out like, you know, I'm a big travel freak. So, um, traveling is just such a big love of, of both of ours, thankfully. So, you know, we talk about our trips and what we're going to do and remembering where we've been and, you know, watching things, you know, visually on, on the television and, you know, YouTube and, you know, we're, we're just trying to kind of, Keep a lot of positive imagery in the neural pathways. Did we, have we talked about this before? Have you seen Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy? Have we talked about this? Yes, we have. 
How are you watching it? I am. And the, the last week's was on Florence. And the whole oh, yeah. time I was talking to Brandon, I was like, I went there. I've been in that church. I've been in that market. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was so exciting. Oh, that's great. Now, when were you in Italy? How long ago? Um, it's five years ago. I think like five nice. years ago, maybe six. Great. Yeah. And where'd you go exactly? Florence? I was in Florence. Firenze. Anywhere else? Yep. We went um, to Rio Maggiore. We went down to Cinque Terre. We did the whole, my uh, my best friend was living over there. So I went to help her move home. Oh. Yeah. That was about five years ago, which is crazy. <laughs> Magnifico. Oh, it was, the, oh, it was the best. I was there for 10 yeah. days and I'm very thankful for that trip. How about the food, right? Oh my <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. So good. But yeah, yeah so we just... did. We did the classical tour way too long ago. Uh, we started out in uh, Roma, and um, I was sick in Rome. We were in Rome oh, for four no. days, three of which I was sick. Uh, so that's a bummer. I'll have to go back there. Um, well, just you just have to go back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were gonna go back. We were gonna go last year. Mm. We were gonna go to uh, you know Napoli, which is where my family is from. Um, but COVID. So uh, so what we do is it, coping in COVID is we watch Stanley Tucci, and <laughs> we watch lots. So we look at all our old pictures and we fantasize about where we're going to go. I'm always looking online. I'm I'm like a big TripAdvisor user and looking for hotels and uh, where we're going to stay and looking at the picture. I mean, there's so many amazing places to stay for such reasonable prices. It's very much so. What a world we live in, really. I mean, with technology, there's so much at our fingertips and, you know, travel is so much cheaper than ever. Um, so anyway, we went to Rome. We went to Florence as well. And uh, we went to Venice and uh, some of the little towns around Venice, Pisa, Siena, mm. like that. Uh, but I really want to go to Sicily. I want to go to Napoli and all those places. So I just love Yeah, I, so Stanley takes us there. Stanley. Yep. Love him. <laughs> I always say he's coming in at 9 p.m. on the CNN train and I'm going to pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's my little fantasy and the last one was so great right because he, he was with his parents it was so yeah it was just it was great yeah i mean there's such a beautiful culture and rich traditions that go back generations and isn't that beautiful to see it is it really yeah, is. It is um there's something called the oh what is it called? the cafe sopresso do you know about the cafe? Mm -mm. I, hope I hope I'm saying it right. Hold on, let me look. The cafe sopresso is actually something that. Oh, sorry, sospesso, S O S P E S O. And actually, I think Stanley covered this in one of his previous episodes, and maybe he was in Naples, where you walk up to a coffee vendor or you're in a cafe, right, and you buy not one coffee but two coffees. Uh, or if you're with someone, you buy three coffees because you're paying it forward for the person who will come next, who you don't know. I think that's great. And that's that's a a I think they called it, uh, in English, it was like a suspended coffee. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Is that yeah. what suspeso means? Maybe yeah. then? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's charitable. It's sort of uh, just being kind and considerate and you know, there, connected. There's a, there's a pizza place 
oh, where was that pizza place that was doing one the same thing? You could go and they sold pizza by the slice and you could uh, buy mm. extra slices and you'd leave it on a post-it note. And then anyone oh. could walk in and just grab a couple post-it notes and grab a slice of pizza. And it was like, mm. no questions, no worries, you know, whether you didn't have the means to, or you forgot your wallet or, you know, that's right. anything like that. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's so um, nice. And, yeah. And there was a kind of a resurgence of this idea, I think, uh, in, I, I read about this in 2008, um, and then, uh, not long ago, and maybe even through COVID now where there's the same idea of, of that, you know, the pizza or the coffee so that. Um, people feel more connected. It's kind of a grassroots uh, organizing uh, kind of movement, if you will, you know, to 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 help others know that we're all connected. You know? Just, you know, ways to try to cope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it ties and, in so and, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And again, we talked about this last time, you know, when we give, we get right. We receive so much by giving and mm. making others happy. I know I do. And I think you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's great. So let's see. I suppose we can kind of pick up where we left off last time, shall we? Let's. Good. So yeah, we were just normalizing last time. Let me let me go through this again. The idea that that's so there has been so much difficulty, but we are adapting and we are adjusting, and that's nice to see. Um, I do have couples who are doing very well. They've adapted beautifully to telehealth instead of in-person visits. Um, People are making it work. They're figuring out how to homeschool their kids, work from home, all that. Um, and so a lot of the challenges that are so normal are this lack of personal space, um, the, the workspace thing in such small living spaces people have, you know, how, how do we close a door or make a divider so that I have my space and you have yours? Um, you know, I see lots of couples either sitting in their cars because they need separation from their children in the house. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I do see lots of couples sitting in their beds, which is always kind of fun. Um, they're they're completely clothed um, and there's no sex that occurs, but it is nice because it's it's just very intimate and, and a nice, uh, warm, engaging kind of way of experiencing clients. Um, but in any case, you know, getting back to the stressors, the idea of loss of connection for people, mm. right? If we are not uh, going to bars and restaurants and clubs and gathering at events, right? We're not seeing... Are those folks, you know, you talked last time, Vicki, about the, the second and third layer of people that you mm -hmm. know, we don't even realize that we know. Uh, and the missing that connection and not even knowing that we miss that until they you come upon them and you go, oh, my God. Wow, oh, I haven't you seen know. you in so long. <laughs> I miss. Exactly. Hugs. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And other things that I'm hearing couples talk about the idea of feeling stuck. Because they can't travel. They can't just freely go where they used to go. Right. Um, uh, feeling lonely, uh, adapting when people are getting sick with COVID or dying or, uh, you know, the stress of having to go to the doctor or the dentist for people. That's stressful. I've experienced that myself. Right. Mm. Um, you know, masking up and, you know, wearing the shield and, and all that stuff really does help washing our hands. So there are things we can do to protect ourselves, but it's still stressful. Um, too much togetherness for couples creates a feeling of this, you know, feeling of suffocating, right? Um, it can kill desire. So how do we navigate that and create ways um, that are better for us? 
um, losing our jobs, the unemployment uh, rate is high, financial hardship. We talked about this last time, coronasomnia. I've had that myself, you know, just worries and worrying about the world and, you know, knowing people are getting sick and dying. It's very stressful. It's very hard. Um, rates of domestic violence have increased. Use of alcohol and other drugs has increased. Um, so I just want everybody to know how normal it is to have those coping mechanisms taken away. You know, going to the gym, seeing people freely. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard. Um, and it's, it's, these are big losses at many levels. So getting back to how people are coping um, and what works. Having plants around is good, right, Vic? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. More plants. So many plants. <laughs> plants, plants, plants. So many plants. My newest one is a rubber tree, and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> She's rocking back and forth, people. <laughs> She's like, woo -hoo -hoo. Oh, rubber plants are nice. Yeah. They have big leaves, don't they? It's so pretty. Oh, that's great. Really cool. Um, yeah. So let's see uh so growing plants i mean that's lovely right you're experiencing life growth change that's wonderful um i'm not an indoor plant kind of gal i'm more of an outdoor plant kind of gal you know the tulips the rose bushes the forsythia all that lilac uh, my husband is a, an amazing planter he really has a green thumb so that's exciting to see that coming in the spring right uh, daffodils and crocus and all that. Um, so that's a, a nice way to cope, uh, getting out there and seeing what's coming up now with spring. That's, that's lovely. Um, just knowing that spring's around the corner. You know, I had a client though last night and I agreed. He said, it's not coming fast enough. <laughs> like, well, that's true. <laughs> I agree, but it, it's coming. It's like a few days away. So that's good. Um, yeah, so so getting back to, you know, as a, as a sex therapist and uh, someone who works with sexual health and communication and relationships, remembering that less space can equal less sex, right? So it's really important to create space. I think you talked about this last time that that you are very good, Vicky, knowing what you need. So when you feel overwhelmed and you need space for yourself, you're able to say, hey, I need some space. I need some time. Um, I'm going to go for a walk and maybe we can go for a walk together later. Right. That's good. Knowing what you need. So know, know how you feel and let the feeling help you know what you need. Um, and so if you are feeling uh, encroached upon, create space, you know, take that walk, take that drive separate and apart from your partner, but then plan to come back together again. You know, so plan intimacy, plan dates. Um, and it really does work. You know, when we have the plan, then we have it in mind. It's okay to change the plan as long as you talk to your partner and say, look, I need to change the plan, make the agreement to change the plan, talk. You know, when people come in for sex therapy, what's so great to hear is they say, well, you know, whether it's helping their, their sex life or not, and, you know, usually it does, it's also helping communication because they're being much more clear with each other. Right. So, so there's always a benefit. Um Let's see. Oh, it's also important to redefine what intimacy means to people, right? So it might be different for one partner than another. Uh, one partner may just enjoy the pleasure of, of the skin-to-skin -skin contact and touch, where mm -hmm. for the other partner, it's really important to um, have more goal-directed sex, which is get to that orgasm or, you know, that erection um, and uh, or penetration, right? Um, I really encourage people to be thinking about what what we call 
uh, pleasure-oriented intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, take take the end goal off the table if it's creating too much pressure. You know, it's okay to just feel good and enjoy each other. Um, and each person talking about what feels good to them. And if they don't know, you know, they can find out on their own. They can have solo sex. They can uh, explore their bodies. I really encourage women to do that. You remember Betty Dotson, right? She was a big, uh, the big goddess. Um, she wrote the book about uh, called Sex for One. Um, exploring our bodies helps us know what feels good, and then we can communicate that to our partners. It's really important. Um we talked about this last time, reading erotica. Uh, there's lots of that out there. Lots of good erotica. Um, there's a site, literotica.com, but there are wonderful authors, Anais Nin and even Margaret Atwood, we talked about last time, uh, writing good quality erotic literature. That can be a nice turn on for folks. Um, sensual massage with your partner. That's that's always good. Um you can use toys, shop online, right? We love Smitten Kitten, don't we? Do you want to talk about Smitten Kitten, Vicki? Yeah, our friends over at Smitten Kitten, um, we, you know, we reached out just to see if they would be willing to give us a code for our wonderful listeners, and um, they agreed. So we have the code Happy Ending, H-A-P-P-Y-E-N-D-I-N-G, and um, you'll get 20% off of your order of $50 or more. Yeah. And they have such great advantage. stuff. It's super, you know, oh, Donna yeah. can get into this, into the science behind it a little bit more than I can, but I mean, very high quality, mm-hmm. all safe, you know, the great mm-hmm. company, mm-hmm. great owners. Check them out. Yeah. All the materials <laughs> that they, all the materials that they, they sell or the products that they sell are all vetted. Um, you know, everything is safe, uh, silicone based, uh, penetrative devices and, um, vibrators and, uh, restraints for men, um, you know, everything is made out of uh, 100% uh, silicone, which is medical grade stuff. I mean, most of the products are that, but all mm. of the products are safe. Even if they're not completely that, they are vetted and safe. Um, Absolutely. If you're putting something inside of you, right, you don't want a carcinogen. You don't want something that's going to cause any health problems. So, uh, and they sell wonderful books as well. Um, you can find some great stuff on there. Um, sexy books and educational books and, you know, books about learning about um, transitioning, transgender, um, what it means to be LGBTQIA. Uh, if you are or you're, you're you know, loving someone who is, um, it's just lots of wonderful. It's just a, there's a plethora and a wealth of information and pleasure-based stuff to be gotten and there. And if you're looking for not pleasure-based books, but also books that, you know, we recommend on our website. We do have an entire literature recommendations page. Um, and those are all books that are recommended by Donna for very specific reasons. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the four agreements, but that's on there. Um, so go check yeah. that out too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Vicki. Yeah. And the website again is sexandcouplestherapy.com. And, you know, what I say when, when folks call, um, if they're waiting, if they're on the wait list and they're uh, wanting to, there's just really ready to go and they, they have certain um, goals that they want to accomplish in therapy while they're waiting, they can listen to the podcast, they can read the literature, um, they can read the blogs and, you know, be learning as, as they're waiting or, or even while they're in uh, treatment, they can be or coaching, they can be taking advantage of all that stuff there. So, uh, and you guys do a great job getting all that together for me. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. 
So, uh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to talk about that uh, book that is on there recommended, um, which is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And he says four things. Uh, one is don't take things personally. So um, and if you read the book, you'll find out more about what he's saying. But, but what he means by that is that however people um, act or whatever they say, this is really a reflection of them much more than anything to do with you. So when our partners are um, upset with us, the way that they express that is their style. It's what they know. It's maybe connected to what they learned growing up. You know, the family of origin template got set for how we communicate. Um, and that has everything to do with them. Um, if they're asking you for something or making a request, it's a really nice thing to be able to give as much as we can so that it's a win for the relationship, right? If we're in a relationship, we got to remember it's not just about us individually. It's about both people. Um, and we we started talking last time, Vicki, about, you know, feelings and feelings are important, but not as important as we think they are. What is equally as, as, as important is what we do mm -hmm. once we know what we need because of the feeling we're having, right? Um, so he talks about don't take things personally. He talks about don't make assumptions. Assumptions really get couples in trouble, assuming, you know, that you can read your partner's mind or know what they want or that they know what you want. You know, be as clear, be clearer than you think you need to be with your partner. Uh, be kind, but clear. Um, and ask for what you need and want. You know, don't assume your partner knows that. Uh, so, so don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Um, uh, always uh, do your best. Um, and always act with integrity are the other two. And always do your best just means that, you know, today might not be the best day, right? We were starting out recording today and we were both like, mm, this may not be the best day yeah. here for recording. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, you and I both were like, all right, if we have to reschedule, we'll reschedule. You know, maybe it it'll be a better day. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, exactly. It happens. So so know that sometimes we don't have our best day and hopefully tomorrow will be better. Right. Um, and acting with integrity, that is so important because then we can sleep at night. We know that we're doing the right thing and better quality of life. So... Um, Let's see, where do I want to go from here? Okay, so so that actually reminds me of something really important I've noticed in COVID. Um, especially through the holidays, couples were challenged with what the agreements were. Um, so getting clear on the tasks of daily life with your partner. So, uh, for example, mm -hmm. we talked about couples and how hard it can be uh, when your, your partner is is having exposure in the world, right? So your partner has to go to the doctor or um, go grocery mm -hmm. shopping or whatever they do. Maybe they go to the gym. It's really important for couples to be talking about their comfort levels with all of that and running these things by each other. Otherwise, it's just going to result in a lot of tension and conflict. Um, and over Christmas, I know I was working with couples and through all the holidays, working with couples around you know, family visits and one partner would be less comfortable with family visits than the other. And so how to navigate that. So talking, 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 talking is really important. Um, don't talk it to death. Uh, talk it, figure it out, and then and then do, make an agreement and do the agreement. If you need to change the agreement, you talk about it, change it to what's agreeable for both people. 
and and that just gives you know you can think of those problems and those rediscussing those agreements as opportunities you know for your relationship to learn and to grow and yeah you can look at your partner and get curious uh, see them as mm, see them with new eyes is the best way I can say it. Um, you can talk about what you like and ask your partner questions about what they like. Again, getting curious. You can foster an attitude of interest in your partner and what they're interested in. You know, interest like curiosity is an emotion and we can foster positive emotions rather than staying in the habit of negative ones. Um, we can listen to music together. We can listen to music separately. We can talk about music we like. We can learn a musical instrument alone or together. I mean, I think I've mentioned this that. My husband and I play together, um, not in COVID, but um, that's been a really fun project. So, you know, I don't know. You can get a duo together with your partner. You can write together. You can, I don't know, write poetry together. You can sing Kumbaya together. You can do whatever you want to do and have fun with it. Um, you know, to lower people's stress, what I do notice is taking time off from work can be really important. Even though it's COVID and we can't go away, we can still take staycations to, to have a bit of a break. Um, we can express appreciation to our partner. That's so important. We can give our partner positive reinforcement, not just complaints. Um, the greeting is something I talk about with couples a lot. You know, greet your partner kindly when they enter the room or when they're leaving to go off into the world. Um, you know, there's this old adage, don't go to bed angry. And I used to think, eh, you know, that's just one of those silly sayings. But I actually think it's true. You know, if we can resolve our problems within a couple of minutes um, and not go to bed angry. First of all, it's really great for the kids because it lowers the kids' anxiety if they know that their parents know how to work out their problems. Um, and if you really can't solve the disagreement, then table it for sex and couples therapy. You know, and, and your sex and couple your ASEX certified sex and couples therapist will give you a much more productive way through the resolution of the problem. Um, Use your breath as a productive tool to pause and redirect. Uh, we've talked about that, you know, amygdala, prefrontal cortex, how we can foster and develop ourselves at reflecting rather than reacting. You know, we can ask ourselves, do I want to be right with my partner right now or do I want to be happy? We can make these conscious choices that gives us more power, more agency over the outcome. Um, we can, here's one I really like, become more like your partner. Um, so if you talk a lot, talk less. Uh, if you talk less, talk more. Um, you know, it's like anything. If you want to get good at something, you just got to do it. The more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, and, and if it's hard, it's okay. Right. If it's hard to just, for some people, it might just be hard for them to just do it. And, and if, I think if you're struggling with just doing it, then just trying it is just as good. Right. Yeah. Well, that's right. And, and I do say to people, think of it like a, a science experiment. You know, you could try it once and you never have to try it again. Yeah. <laughs> of course, trying it more than once is important because the first time you try anything, that's why I, I have this sort of saying, try something six times before you give mm -hmm. up on it. Um, yeah. Because the first time it just feels weird. So it's not going to be something that feels good. Uh, the second time, maybe it's less weird, but we're still not great at it. The third time, a little less weird. Maybe we start to go, oh, all right, maybe I have some uh, ability here or competency with this. And again, you know, the, the more we do it, the better we get or maybe the easier it gets or the less anxiety we feel about it. 
right? So we start to get more comfortable with it. Uh, so mindfulness is key. I really wanted to focus on my uh, focus on mindfulness today. Um, so um, mindfulness increases emotional and social intelligence. And I wanted to once again talk about uh, that acronym attuning uh, that Gottman and Schwartz have developed. Uh, they are researchers and they've done thousands of hours in their love lab about what works in relationship and what does not. And I've talked about this before, the four horsemen of the apocalypse uh, that, that spell the death knell for any relationship are uh, 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 criticism, defensiveness, that's the cycle couples get into, and then there's stonewalling and developing resentments over time. And if this goes on for too long, uh, couples get into a stage of rather rigid contempt or contemptuousness, and that leads to an 81% chance of breakup or divorce. So wow. that's why getting into therapy, if you can't figure this out uh, on your own, which a lot of people can't because it's normal and everybody goes through it, getting into therapy sooner is better because then those habits are not so uh, ingrained. Um and, and mindfulness is important because it, it helps us use our body in the present moment to sense tension levels and emotions to identify what is needed. And we, you know, we, we've been talking about this these last couple of podcasts. Um, it also helps with sexuality, mindfulness, believe it or not, uh, to keep attuned to sensation and pleasure, therefore eroticism. You know, we have thoughts that go through our heads while we're having sex, most of us, uh, about how do I look? Uh, you know, am I pleasing my partner? Uh, am I fat? Uh, <laughs> is my partner still attracted to me? Does my breath stink? Is this stink? weird? Is that is this... weird? What so... did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so there's something that, that, that sex therapists use called sensei focus. And the elements of it that are so helpful are bringing ourselves back into our bodies, being in the moment to sensation, to pleasure, to temperature, specifically texture, pressure, um, you know, and it just helped. We just all we have to do is notice the thoughts and come on back to the body. You know, and I hear couples say, well, I'm so bad at this because I keep having thoughts. And and really, the assignment is not to not have the thoughts. The assignment is to notice the thoughts and then gently nudge yourself back to your bodily experience. You know, and that's how we get into the here and now. Our minds cannot have two experiences at once. We can't be having a thought and be in our body at the same time. It just, it, it, it just isn't possible. So, um, let's see, you know, all, and again, I just really want to stress for people that this is so normal. It's so natural that we have these thoughts and that we're not in our bodies. It's okay, folks. Um, we are humans and it is the human condition. <laughs> so moving on to a tuning, um, you know, sometimes I, I get the acronym wrong. So let me, let me, um, let me get it right today. Um, so attuning, the Gottman and Schwartz acronym actually stands for A is awareness. So developing awareness. I sometimes say attention, which is not bad, uh, paying attention, but it's awareness. Uh, the, the, the first T stands for developing tolerance. Um, turning toward is your partner is, is the second T. Uh, developing understanding is the U in a tune. N stands for non-defensive listening. And E stands for developing empathy. So it's really, really important. Um, when we know that we can develop this over time, it's, it's, I think it provides hope. Um, that's why therapy, sex therapy, relationship therapy, uh, takes a number of sessions. The national average for couples to meet their goals, as we've said, is 16. 
Uh, sex therapy is more like 10 to 12 because it takes doing things again and again and again to develop new habits. Um, it's like muscle memory, right? So if, if you've done something for however many years one way and you're trying to, to retrain yourself to do things a different way, you're not just going to be able to do it overnight. It's going to take some time to really, you know, call yourself out or work on it or really be cognizant of the change that you're trying to make. Yeah, that's why we do reps, right? To to build muscle. You know, you want to break it down, rip it down, and then build it back up again over time, again and again. Um, and also, I want people to know that love is not rational. <laughs> so here we are in COVID, right? And and there's so many emotions and so much self-protection, and we're all on alert, and we just want to stay, you know, protected and okay. And and love is just not rational. So so know that that's normal. Um, and it's normal for, for the small things to, to trigger you, right? Especially during COVID, like mm. knowing what your triggers are and, or not knowing, and then all of a sudden realizing, oh, that, I think, I think that upset me. I, I don't know. Why did that upset me? And then to try to figure out why yeah. it's, it's hard. Well, and, and, and sometimes it's really important to say, okay, what am I not getting right now that I might be needing? That might be a way to figure out what's why you're having that emotion right do i feel lonely do i feel uh, that there's been an injustice that's occurred um whatever it might be figure out what is missing so that you know what you need and then you can ask for that based on the feeling okay um and we can in the end you know um we can reset, we can reframe, we can reenact, we can do the opposite, right? If we want something different, we have to do something different. And it is not easy, I know. I get it. Uh, but it is possible. And, you know, problems lead to opportunities and possibilities. And it might be hard for, you know, I know sometimes for me, um, my partner really doesn't like it when I'm going to be late. And I don't tell him I'm going to be late or, ah. and I'm, I'm late a lot. Um, me or, too. you know, if, or things like that. And he's like, can you just, just let me know? So yeah. I'm not worried. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, it took us yeah. sitting down and, and me having to prompt, what am I doing that is making this happen? Like that's making you feel this way. Cause for me, yeah. I'm always late. Ever like my friends are always late. My family's always late. It didn't yeah. even occur in my brain that that might be something that he doesn't like. That's I, right. You know, that's right. So and he has hard. to say it and, and, and he'll adapt and adjust, but you're, you know, it's important to run things by your partner to, so they yeah. feel included because when we don't feel included and we feel too on the outside, we literally, you know, like infants, we, we get that feeling of failure to thrive. It can be very scary. So running things by your partner, including them, letting them know what's going on works for the relationship Maybe not so much for the individual, but in the end, it's about relationships, right? Yeah. And that's, it's just resetting expectations yeah. and moving forward to the new goal, you know, which I know sounds, might sound silly, but the new goal is Vicky calls when she's going to be late. <laughs> well, right. And, and the new expectation for him is she's trying harder. If she, you know, fails once again, write the hall pass, not extra yeah. lovers, but, but you can give her a bit of a pass and, and know that she's trying and you can say it again. You can say, look, it's really important to me that, that you just run it by me when you're going to be late, you know, and you can reach out too if your partner's late. Hey, what's going on? Right. Uh, don't make it a thing. Don't, don't, don't weaponize all this stuff. Just try to be, um, what's that saying? Just try to be as, uh. Mm, can't think of it. Uh, not don't yuck my young, but oh, assume goodwill. 
Yes. Just assume goodwill. You know, your partner wants to be with you. Assume that they're that they're trying. And if they forget, remind them. And, you know, during COVID, it's just harder. And that's okay. As long yeah. as, you know, I think the the theme of all of this is that everybody is feeling this way in one way or another. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll get through it. <laughs> we sure will. We've gotten through other things, haven't we? Yeah. 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 And we are, we are, we are getting through. So, um, thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you as always. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, so, so don't forget, join us next time, everybody. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Facebook at the sex and couples therapist on Instagram at the happy ending therapist. You can call the office at 508-990-9909. The website is www.sexandcouplestherapy.com. And again, please always try to find time for pleasure, play, and passion.